AfterBuzz TV network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. Johnson. The AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Dallas After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Dallas After Show. What up, guys? Bing is for doing. We're here at AfterBuzz Studios doing another live after show for Dallas. Season 2, Episode 3, Sins of the Father. I love that intro music. I'm your host, AJ Gibson, joined by my lovely co-host, Kelly Oliski. Hello. How you doing, doll? Good. I missed you last week. I missed you. Oh, it's crazy, the show. I haven't seen you much since last summer. I know. But we're back. We are back. And we're back big. Big, you guys. Like, this I episode. Can't, I can't deal with it. I'm so, I'm so upset that I wasn't here last week because... That two-hour premiere was insane, and, and it's, sometimes it happens that premieres in whatever whatever season of whatever show it is, mm-hmm. um, the premieres are so they come out of the gate, you know, guns ablaze, and then it kind of trickles off for a while. Right? Mm-mm. No, not Dallas. Episode three was phenomenal. It, I can't even. I mean. The way that everything comes together and just the manipulation into the levels that it goes is crazy it's, in all the different aspects with yes. everyone right now. And now with the introduction of a new character, you know, in Elena's whole circle, I mean, we've got to figure out what's going on with that. So it's just a whole new twist to add more. It's very soap opera, opera-esque, soap operatic, operatic, is that a word? <laughs> um, no, but it's, but in a way that's not campy and cheesy. I feel like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the writing or if maybe some people took some acting lessons, but I feel like <laughs> the acting this season is so much better already. And yes. even, even for the characters who've been around for a while, I feel like Linda Gray and Patrick Duffy, I feel like they're spot on this season. And there were a few times last season where I wasn't quite so sure. Um, Sue Ellen is kind of a, She's one of the, she's a character, right? Um, but she's strong this season, and I well, love that. I think that everybody kind of toned down, got more comfortable. I guess what I'm trying to say, and it feels like they're fitting into their roles a little bit more. I mean, you know, the veterans were just coming back; they hadn't done these characters in a while, so I think it was kind of an over. Mm-hmm. You know, like trying to like overcompensate a little at sometimes. I mean, yeah. every, obviously everybody was great. We wouldn't keep watching if it wasn't. Yeah. But, and in all fairness, I feel like mm-hmm. the veterans that came back, they were acting the characters the same way they did 20 years right. ago, 30 years ago. And acting is different now than it was in the 70s yes. and 80s. I think, I think actors take their, I don't know if it's that they take their craft more seriously, but they just act in a, in a way that's more realistic. Uh, shows are written in a way that are more realistic and less, less uh, sensationalized. Just real, real, true, honest stories. And that's what I think Dallas is starting to, to really understand this second season. Yeah, even though the storylines and everything going on is very much like a soap opera, the acting is not. Like, yes. it's not the over-the-top ridiculously dramatic, you, you know, tones that we are used to seeing from old, 
you know, old soap operas or even Dallas back in the day that, that had that a little bit more. Right. And I also feel like in this day and age, it's so easy for uh, whoever, I'm not sure who the showrunner is on this or whoever is in charge of, of Dallas, mm-hmm. um, the brand, the show, everything that it is. Um, it's so easy to just get on the blogs and get online and see what see what people are saying, real mm-hmm. actual viewers, as opposed to back in the day where you had to rely on one or two critics and some ratings. And that was about it. I know. It's, now it's you so can just, different. you can, there's endless blogs just about Dallas yeah. that, you know, and I feel like, I feel like they've stayed true to what Dallas is, but they've updated it in a way that I just absolutely love. Absolutely. Cause it's very hard. They've got two different audiences that they have to target. You have to target the hardcore Dallas fans that have been fans since the beginning and then also cater to this new audience. And it's, it looks like it's been done so well that you, even if you've never seen Dallas before, you get it and you get why this show was so big when it was. And that's what's so interesting about it. I feel like, um, I feel like if you had been a fan of the show since what, 78, 79 when it first premiered, Mm -hmm. um, and you're watching now, I feel like you're not disappointed. I also feel like if you're a fan of 90210 or one of those sorts of shows and you tune into this, I feel like you're not going to be disappointed, which no. is really interesting because not a lot of shows can do that. Right. Um, and, and I just I just hope I know their numbers were down a little bit the first in, in the premiere of this season. They've actually gone down again. Yeah. yeah. So I, I hope that turns around. I hope people give it a second look because it's such a great show. I think it might be the schedule change that has mm-hmm. something to do with that. People may not be able to find it mm-hmm. because you know that usually happens with the schedule. And it was so. a summer premiere last year. It's a different time of the year. It's just. Yeah. I don't know. With with the way that t- television is scheduled nowadays, it doesn't have like regular seasons. We've got ten episodes here, and then like a three week break, and then we come back with another 15 episodes crazy mm-hmm. so it's sometimes you get lost you know, get, it's get lost in the lineup so i just if nothing else i i hope people tune in just to watch larry hagman he <laughs> i don't know how he does it just his presence in these scenes just he literally takes my breath away so so many great quotes as in <laughs> every episode but i think and you know i'm sure we'll talk about it when we get to it but i love my i think one of my favorite scenes of this episode is when we cut to him and he's pretty much you know searching himself on the ipad and he says man I, you know basically like i was a scoundrel, I was a scoundrel yeah yeah <laughs> well, i'm going to touch on the ipad thing a little later because that's probably the one part of the, the icloud comment that was probably one thing i could have done without in this episode um but let's start off at the top of the episode and just kind of break this down for our, right. our listeners and our viewers and also i supposed to say thank you guys for all of you who are watching us right now or listening to us Thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. And we missed Abs- you. Absolutely. And hey, Dorinda. Dorinda couldn't uh, be here tonight, but she'll be back next week. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. Okay. So uh, we find out at the top of this episode that um, Emma, who had been kidnapped, what, almost 20 years prior, was mm-hmm. actually kidnapped by Ryland, her dad. How horrible is that? Can you imagine? No. And 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 how difficult that must be now. For Anne, and we see how difficult it actually is for her, but to to, to think that the father of your child is the one for all these years who not only kidnapped your daughter, but then led you to believe that she'd been dead this entire time. Right. I mean, I can't even even wrap my brain around it. And not only that, completely poisons the daughter against her. And she has this deluded vision of what of what actually happened. And we learn a lot about Anne's character in this episode as well. We, you know, learn more about her past and, you know, the, the events leading up to the kidnapping. She was a drug addict back in the day. She wasn't quite the upstanding citizen that she is now. Mm-mm. So, I mean... Ugh. But that the the interaction with her and Emma is heartbreaking mm-hmm. because she's such a snotty little teenager that doesn't want you know well she's what twenty twenty yeah now, but yeah. she doesn't want 
She doesn't want to hear it. She doesn't want to let herself believe anything that's coming up, which I can understand. She's been with her dad. She's seen nothing of her mother. All she knows is what they tell her. And her grandmother is a piece of work. Gotta oh, love that dude's life. Awful. What, she was, uh, she, she, what, what sitcom was she on back she, in the who's 80s? The bo- who's, who's the, the boss? Who's the boss? Yeah, yeah exactly. Love her. <laughs> so when I saw that first, I her first scene, oh, because I saw it in a, in a clip last week before they premiered it, uh-huh. premiered the episode, but um, oh my lord. She? That, in episode two with the hair pulled back, and oh lord, she's. Well, Dorinda and I talked about it, that she was so evil in that first episode, and it, it transferred, you know, it, it carried on to this episode, but it was kind of like like the Disney villain, like Maleficent is kind mm-hmm. of what it reminds, even her hair, the way that it was done, and just her stare and the glare, and, and how the about, smirk on her face. And her outfit in episode two, yes. that top with the black and the lace and the very, very, yeah, very Disney villain-esque. Very much so. And she's still at, you know, at the police station when um, Bobby sets it up to where Anne can actually try to have a conversation with Emma and Judith is there. She is just, has this ugly smirk on her face and just horror, just horrible. Yeah, and, and she actually, she says to Anne, and this mm, this got me going because I'm a huge fan of Anne Ewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said to Anne that basically she was nothing more than an egg donor. Yes. Ooh, that's, that's some fighting words. Well, Anne kind of got her back because, you know, she says, because Judith tells her, you know, you'll never, you were never good enough. And she says, well, nobody's going to be able to fill that role. It's too bad you can't marry your son. Yeah. And you, and you do see a moment of vulnerability in, in Ryland's mother. What was her, yeah, what's Judith. her name? Judith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You do see a moment of vulnerability in her, I think, in, in the hospital or in the police uh, station. With that line. Yes. Like that really got under her skin, her saying that to her. Because where, where's her significant other? Is there one? Have they talked about that yet? No. Maybe she's been single this entire time or lost her husband years ago or something happened. I'm sure there's a backstory there. Maybe she had a sperm donor. I Maybe don't know. she did. <laughs> that would, okay, that's a little, no, that's I'm a bit just, much. I'm just saying because she called her yeah. an egg donor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, uh, Ryland actually kidnapped Emma all those years ago at the, at the county fair or whatever it was. Um, and I, I also wrote down, Bobby is such a great husband because Bobby, this has all been thrown on him within the, the last couple of episodes and he's really... Stepped up to the plate. That's tough. That really challenges your manhood to know that that your wife, this this woman who you spent all these years with, um, has a child with another man that you never knew about, and you've never had children together. And not only that, but as far as you know, lost the kid, and you don't know why. And you know you're putting all of this faith into this person that you married that takes care of your family and is responsible for your child mm-hmm. and and all of that it, it, it's all, even though he knows her he loves her and she's a fantastic she's been fantastic to him and his family it's still a, you know he was still taken aback by that but he she has a dark past he and he was okay with it he stood by her side and even when she didn't want to go talk to Emma she didn't feel like she was strong enough he told her you fight you mm-hmm. do this. You do not let him win by letting her think these evil things of you. She doesn't know you. She's angry at this thing, but not you. Exactly. I liked, I liked that comment, actually. She's angry mm-hmm. at this thing, this thing that's happening because she's a 20-year-old, very privileged young lady. Right. And her life has been tossed, you know, up, tossed upside down, essentially. And she's mad at the situation. Mm-hmm. And at that age especially, we all know, I, I would have reacted the same way, oh, probably. absolutely. Probably worse. Mm-hmm. But... And this is this woman, because I, I, I have a sister who I didn't know about until I was about 16. Oh, and wow. when I first met her, it was kind of, eh, this is weird. It kind of caught me off guard. And we've never really developed a full relationship to this day. Mm-hmm. Half a lifetime later, you know. And 
I think it's just because I never had that bond as a child with her mm-hmm. that I, I never felt the need to really get to know her as an adult. And right. I, I, I guess I feel bad about that, but not really. So I can really relate to this girl. Like, it's been 20 years without this mom, this mom, right. egg donor. And to expect her to just embrace you with open arms, eh, it's a tall order. At the same time, your heart goes out to Anne because oh, absolutely. she did nothing to deserve this. Well, not, not to deserve this <laughs> to this extent, but as she admits herself to Emma, she wasn't at you know in tip-top shape when she was with her. You know, she did have demons and she did have a dark, you know, she was going through some dark times and, you know, she blames it on her relationship with Rylan. I mean, and he's awful. We can tell that. Mm-hmm. So... I absolutely believe that he broke her down and all of that because he has to be the winner. In Nobody all, can in be all better fairness, than him. though, how many parents, first-time parents, are really great parents at age twenty or twenty-one? You know what I mean? Oh like, gosh, I mean, I I wouldn't I wouldn't want to go back and judge my mom the first five years of my life. I don't know. I can't imagine that she really had a lot of money or a lot of resources to take care of a kid. You just kind of learn that first kid. You kind of just get through it, I feel like. Right. For the most part. But also, she got through it with drugs and not paying attention. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that, that's a little bit... It's one thing to be a struggling parent, but mm-hmm. you're still... Your child is still your first priority. With her, she hadn't figured that out yet. Very like, true. she was just starting to... And unfortunately, the, the you know, Emma got taken away before she could really get it together. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the drugs because that still apparently is a thing in her life. Um, yes. At the beginning of the episode, Bobby is in their bedroom and she's basically being sedated or whatever. She's mm-hmm. what, I don't even know if they mentioned the yeah, actual drug. Tranquilizers. Tranquilizers, yeah. And and the doctor is just giving her, you know, a, shot, her a shot and moving on and that apparently happens frequently with her. Well, and Ryland and you know last week Ryland brings that up to him <clears> and is uh, oh is she is she you know back on the, with the needles or on with the shots. He he makes reference to that and it makes Bobby stop for a second and think, "Wait a minute, is this a problem?" I don't think he necessarily knows how big of a problem it is. Well, I, exactly. And it, mm-hmm. that's interesting. It's an interesting thing to think that there may be some ways that Ryland knows Anne way better than Bobby does. Absolutely. You and know? you've got to think, too, she hated herself when she was with him. She doesn't want to be that person. She completely flipped and, you know, got herself together, has, you know, has this better life. I don't think she wants Bobby to know that Anne. Which I love because yeah. in the first half of season one, she was just basically like the the uh, supportive wife who would grab her shotgun at, you know, <laughs> at the drop of a dime. Um, I like that by the end of last season, they started to really develop her character. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they probably needed to bring back the original characters and introduce their, their children first at mm-hmm. the beginning of the season. That makes sense. Um, I feel like season one was a lot of introductions. Right. A lot of explaining to to viewers why these people matter and why these interactions are going to going to matter in the future. Mm-hmm. And I feel like these first three episodes have just blown it wide open. And I love also I love how they've kind of stepped away from the the methane talk all the time. Yeah, because that was a little bit like we get it. Alternative energies, that's cool. Let's just leave it at that and move forward. As mm-hmm. opposed to going into these long explanations like they did in season one about mm-hmm. what exactly methane and alternative energies are. Mm-hmm. I like how they've kind of gotten away from like the science fiction stuff a little bit and just let us, okay, methane. We get it, that's we get it. it. Move on, yeah. There's either oil or methane. It's one or the other. Each yeah. way, somebody, you know, you're going it, to, it's energy. We get, yeah. you know, we're getting it. I do like it. I like it. Um, so let's move on to another character before we come back to Anne. Okay. Because Anne, I mean, she, we're going to wrap up this episode <laughs> with Anne because she's all over it, beginning, middle, and end. Um, John Ross and Pamela. 
What do you think about this this new okay. this new interaction? Here's my issue. More so than and I mean, I figured it it, it was kind of a no brainer for me that they would get together. Mm-hmm. I mean, who right. obviously there's only these five people right. in Dallas. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so of course they were gonna get together. But the thing that bothers me is she's supposed to be pregnant. And she should at this point already show it's some i mean she was gone for a couple of months that she took off and she's wearing like tight like tight tight dresses and, she, and she's supposed to be pregnant with twins mm-hmm. so I, I i don't i don't know i don't think she's pregnant anymore i don't think she's pregnant either or, you know and we talked about this last week or maybe she's gonna get pregnant by john ross mm-hmm. but i just that's my biggest issue with it is it's you know, that they're having this kind of relationship and she's supposed to be pregnant with twins. You can still have sex um, when you're pregnant. Well, no, but, but, yeah, the, exactly. but you know what I mean? But there's no kind of um, evidence that she's pregnant. Nobody seems to be caring about the fact that she's pregnant. And I, I feel like maybe... Uh, Aside know, from Christopher. But. Right. I feel like the wardrobe department on the show is trying to send us a signal, though. Like, in the, the clothing they're putting her in, mm-hmm. they're not leaving it up. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Looking at her, she doesn't look pregnant, right? At all, not at all, not even a little bit. They at could put all. her in like kind of baggier dresses or kind of like flowy blouses. Nope, everything's skin tight on her. Yes. So I don't know. No. Maybe they're trying to send. You know, send I mean, it. trust like that. Their whole encounter last <clears throat> episode when they first hooked up, I mm-hmm. thought it was so hot. Great scene. <sighs> the elevator and her like. It, how powerful was that? And the fact that he's going down yes. and she brings and the that, elevator. that grin on his face and he goes back and he's like, okay, it's going down. Oh, awesome. He is so hot this season. So hot. He's, I feel like he's really come into his own in, as, like, as the character of John Ross. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's really kind of taken the reins um, from, you know, JR, um, Larry Hagman. I feel like he's really stepping up to the plate this season. Yeah. And um, I'm excited. I follow I follow Josh Henderson on Twitter, and, and he is he is such a promoter of the show, and oh, he is yeah. such a diehard fan. It's so cool to see somebody that excited about their work. Um, so, and yeah, I think I'm happy he does him. such. I mean, out of the newcomers, he's probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. I think that he's just stepped into this role so well, and it's believable that he could be Jr.'s son. Yes, the way that he does it, his, just his face. Like he doesn't even have to say anything. The way he carries himself, the looks that he does, that cocky swagger, that southern, all of that it. So, oh. All of it. I think he, you know, and I had doubts in the beginning, you know, the mm-hmm. very first season, and I wondered if they would be able, this is a hard show to carry, mm-hmm. but I think that he's doing such a great job, I and I really, really am happy that, you know, it's getting even better and better. I do. I do like that. Okay. Let's get to this part of the episode, because <laughs> I have to talk about this iPad and the cloud. <laughs> okay. I love how, and I, I get it, I, God, God bless him, uh, Larry Hagman, his scenes are limited, but they're very, very powerful mm-hmm. for the most part. Okay, I don't think he's had a miss yet. No, in the first, you no. know, we were last season, the first three episodes of this season. No. But that line about when he's sitting at the uh, at the at the kitchen table at South Fork Ranch, mm-hmm. and he says this person is teaching him how to search things on the cloud on this <laughs> iPad. I'm like, okay, first of all, that's not really how it works. You don't just go onto a cloud and like take somebody's information and, and, and erase it. That's not really how it works. Um, In Larry Hagman's world, it does. I JR's know. world, it does. And it just, it's, it <laughs> rang so false for me. I was like, come on, really? Well, you know that's a totally a shameless plug. That's like, that's a sponsor. Of that's course. product placement of right course. there. Of course, but it's just cheesy. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm sorry, he's J.R. Ewing. He doesn't do that. 
He hires somebody to do that for Which him. Which he did. He did, but, but he, he, he doesn't need to learn it. But he's bored. Well, I guess. You know, when he's showing up at Pamela's office talking about, I, you know, it's not the first Pamela I've gotten rid of. Oh, Loved it. Love that line. I, I want to be, th- I was, I'm one for, you I'm know, one for one. one. Yeah. I'm ready to be two, two for, for two. Two for two. Oh. Loved it. And she, she was scared. Mm-hmm. I like that the in, in the premiere episode, she was just, she looked like all of a sudden she came out, you know, again, guns a-blazing. Mm-hmm. She was just a badass character. And now you're starting to see she's got her vulnerabilities. Oh, She's absolutely. a Barnes, but she, and I think also, I mean, she's, I think she still loves, she still loves um, Christopher. Yeah. Well, even when, you know, if we go back to her relationship with John Ross, I, there was some vulnerability there when he questioned her about Tommy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because we we find out, which we'll touch on when we start, talk about Christopher and Rebecca, but that they found blood spatter in her condo. Mm-hmm. And so John Ross goes and asks her, and she doesn't answer. And he kind of gives her an, an out because he says, I know he hit you. Was it a fight? <clears throat> and he's, you know, and she just asks him, you know, why do you care? And before he can even answer, she just, and just kind of the look on her face, I thought, she just doesn't even want to. Because that, that she did, you know, basically kill him in self defense. Like he really was like about to beat the crap out of her, mm-hmm. and but she, I don't think she wants to remember because she, I think I absolutely believe she was truly in love with Christopher, and she got lost in the whole situation. So she just immediately turns to sex. Well, when they're in the courthouse and she sees Christopher and Elena walk out, and when he walks mm-hmm. away from her after they had the altercation out outside, after she got the real Rebecca to come in and right. say that you know. They were trying to reconcile things. He was still giving her another chance, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, obviously the judge did not allow for the annulment. She mm-hmm. said, I'll see you guys back here in a couple weeks for the divorce hearing. Um, when Christopher approached her out in the hallway and then walked away with Elena hand in hand, the look on her face just broke my heart. Oh, yeah. As much bad as she's done, um, she's also – she's a Barnes. She's in the middle of all this. She was raised mm-hmm. to hate the Ewings. Um, and it kind of it, it kind of hurt me a little bit. Um, to see that because she she does have vulnerabilities and I, it's obvious that she still loves Christopher. It's mm-hmm. obvious that John Ross still has feelings for Elena. Oh, absolutely. You know all the, so. the scenes in the house and, and wherever you can tell that in the outside with the baby crib. Yeah. When John Ross walked up, uh, you know he makes a joke like, "Oh, it's not the sweetest picture perfect yeah. thing I've ever seen." Whatever, but. When people make jokes, there tends to be some truth. Oh, absolutely. You know, and that, that may be the way he masks his feelings. Yeah. Well, even in this, you know, episode on Monday when they're back in court because Christopher finds Rebecca, mm-hmm. gets her to go file a missing persons report, mm-hmm. lets her know some, that, that Tommy's dead. That whole thing ensues. They're back in court, but Rebecca's nowhere to be found. Yes. Because Frank pays her a visit. Right before she's trying to get out. But at the courthouse, when Pamela comes up to Christopher and she's like, well, you know, what are you scared of? And he looks at her, you. Mm-hmm. And that look on her face then, uh, you know, it wasn't tough and all of that for me. It was kind of, you know, like. Like, how how are you afraid of me? Even though, I mean, obviously she knows what she's doing. Right. How much of this is really coming from her and how much is really coming from, from Cliff? Right. Which is one of the things that John Ross asked her when he decided to do this side scheme with her. What do you want out of this? I know what your dad wants, but what do you want? You want revenge, don't you? 
And that's kind of what most of it is, I think, for her. But she still feels like she has this obligation to her family mm. to see through what they started. And in all fairness, when when they were in bed and flipping positions over and over oh again, both gosh. saying they, they prefer to be on top, <laughs> she did allow John Ross to stay on top. She did. So she does. She did give away a little bit. And also when they were d- negotiating. Yeah. And she said, this is my final offer. This is his final offer. And then she gave in. Yep. I was, uh, I was a little well, disappointed. She, yeah, she's the one that went for the kiss. Yeah. And, and then, then he it, walks away and said, I would have taken 50. Yeah. Or whatever it was. He would have taken a lot less, 20% less yeah. or something. And just kind of strolled out. <laughs> Which she's, that's when she was like, oh, uh-uh. And then she took her power that, that's back. When she, that's mm-hmm. when she hit the elevator and yeah. got him back so up there. So it's... I'm interested to see kind of how that plays out because, you know, Jr. obviously doesn't know that he's doing that. John Ross is doing this behind his back with Pamela. Mm -hmm. It's a whole other thing, just like before when he was trying to do that side scheme with. um, Oh, what was his name from that put him in jail that they beat him up? The one that killed Marta. Marta. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Um, Season one. I can't think of his name right now. But, you know, when he was kind of making that side thing and, and all of that. So he's doing it again. So how do you think Jr. really feels about this, though? Do you think that he's really um, pissed off at his son for doing this? Or do you think he's really kind of proud? Because I, th- I feel like the character of Jr. knows mm-hmm. that his time is, is coming. Yes. It, he's not going to be around for much longer. And I think he knows that. I personally think that he's kind of proud. He wants to see John. I think he's putting him in positions to stab him in the back. Just so he can die peacefully knowing that his son is going to carry on the Ewing family name in the way that he has all these years. I can totally see that. But on the other side, too, I think he genuinely wants to teach him, even though it's not, you know, the best, but he wants to teach him those scandalous ways as only he knows how to do them because he is smart. Mm-hmm. The one thing that he is, as evil as he is, he's equally smart. He's always two steps ahead of everyone. Absolutely. Always. John Ross is too eager. He doesn't have any <clears throat> patience, and that's going to be his downfall, and that's basically what Jr. tells him, you know, slow your roll, you know, slow down. You know, one step Can you at imagine a time. JR saying, slow your roll? Slow your <laughs> I, roll. I love that. I love that. <laughs> no, but I get it. It's but, all know, about timing. Yeah, and he, you know, he tells him, because I think after, in the, you know, the, the premiere episodes, John Ross talks about, you know, okay, one or two more of these and I can take over the spot. And he's like, no, hold on. So I think that he, he kind of wants to rein him in, but I'm sure he has his suspicions of what's going on. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, uh... I'm just dreading. What what episode is Larry Hagman's last? Do you know? Um, I don't. I feel like it's six or seven. I th- yeah, I think it's seven, I yeah, think. Yeah, so we've got a few more. Yeah, we have a, yeah, we have like three more, I I'm think. I'm dreading it. I'm kind of curious to see how they wrote that all into the storyline, too. Yeah, because it's supposed to be a whodunit. They mm-hmm. felt like it was important. He couldn't just die of natural causes. Yeah. It would do the character no justice or him and, the, you know, the passion that he put into it. So it's definitely supposed to be, rumor has it, a whodunit type of situation where yeah. a big twist is going to happen at his memorial, mm-hmm. but he's going to be murdered. Yeah, I like so, that, though. He, that's exactly how he'd want to go He'd out. have to. I'm sure he probably had something yeah. to do. He probably had some, some say in it. I'm, yeah. You know, um, I'd read an article a while back um, after, right after he passed. His son said that Dallas is what kept him alive. It's really? literally what kept him alive the last year or so. Mm-hmm. Just this opportunity to come back, revive this character, and hand over the reins to a new generation to work with you know, Patrick Duffy and Linda Gray, his two best friends in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, how often does that happen? Like, especially in this day and age, like, you work with somebody for that many years. First of all, for a show to be on for, what was it, 14 seasons originally or yeah, something like really that? Yeah, it was really ridiculous. Um, it went to, from, what, 78 to, like, 97? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or I think early 90s. Or like, yeah, 90s. And they, they had... They uh, had the reunion in yes, it, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. And, but just 
to be that close and to literally consider your on-camera family your real family, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's wild. I mean, I... Well, and we're going to see some of the older, you know, the older characters come back for this memorial. Thank goodness. You know, and leading up to it. I mean, we're going to see Lucy's mom Mm -hmm. is is, is making an appearance coming back. Joan Joan Van Van Ark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if Victoria Principal, if she is alive and she comes back, (sighs) I will literally lose my mind. If she rolls up with like a a red Mercedes... I'm done. I can't wait. I'm just fingers crossed. Well, rumor has it, spoiler alert, oh, that yes. we are supposed to, the, the, the twist, one of the big twists in the memorial is we're going to find out what really happened to Pamela and that JR is known all along. Of course. Really? Yes. <gasps> so, it, you know, it could kind of allude to the fact that maybe she isn't dead. Oh, Lord. I don't know. I haven't watched that far into the original series, so I need to go and recap some uh-huh. episodes right now. That's yeah. going to drive me crazy. But it's, you know, I don't know. We'll see. Wow. That's but crazy. that's that's at least one of the rumors floating around about how that's going to happen. But they've been very tight-lipped about everything because they do want it to be a surprise. So I, it could just be something to defer people to what's really going to happen. But, I mean, that would be amazing if it happened that way. Oh, absolutely. There's so many ways these storylines could go. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and there's so much so much tradition and so much, so many other storylines to pull from. Yeah. Um. Oh, that's fun. Crazy. That is so fun. Let's move on. Do you want to talk about this After Buzz TV store? For me for a moment, I see a live live commercial. What What is this all about? Oh, yes. Now, you see these wonderful AfterBuzz oh. TV mugs mm. and all this AfterBuzz TV swag we have. Well, you can go to AfterBuzzTV.com and there's a banner that you can click on and you can buy your very own AfterBuzz TV merchandise. I did not know that. It's my first time in the studio in like a couple of months, you guys. I've been <laughs> gone for new. a while. It's something new that you can do. It's been, you know, it's been available for a couple of weeks now. So it's awesome. So definitely go check it out and you can have your very own AfterBuzz TV mug. There's two different ones. There's also the black the one. The black one. Yeah. yeah. So exciting. I know. Thank I like for, it. Thank you for saving me there because I had no <laughs> idea what it's an AfterBuzz TV store on the board and I did not know what that meant. Thank you, Kelly. You're what welcome. a great co-host. <laughs> so moving on. Um, what should we talk about next? I think, oh. Another big storyline, mm-hmm. another character is introduced, Drew. Elena's brother comes yes. to town. Yes. I want to know what – I don't know if I trust him. He's no. obviously a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. You know, he's obviously a troublemaker, and he's been gone for a long time. It was not a warm welcome from Elena with him. Obviously, of course, his mother, he can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. And But he wants to – he's in the oil business, obviously, as well. Mm-hmm. And he wants to drill on this land that the family used to own, but he doesn't know. He finds out that, you know, his mom sold it to Bobby. You know, it's so funny. The show, there are so many similarities to the original first couple of seasons, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And it's, he reminds me, I can't, Joan Van Ark's husband, or. uh, Gary. Gary, yes, Mm -hmm. Gary Ewing, Mm -hmm. when he kind of came back. And Mm -hmm. the whole same thing happened, you know. Where have you been? You always run out. You always leave and times get tough and you come and go and blah, blah, blah. Then he says, I plan on sticking around. That all happened in season season one or season two of the original Dallas also Mm -hmm. with Gary. So it's kind of interesting to see now. Well, and especially because back then he was so young because he and and, and Val, I believe, was her character's name. They got married when she was 15 and he was 17. Can you imagine on TV today like that happening? No. They had Lucy when she was like 16, like pushing 17. It's crazy. And that's just normal back then. Yeah. Apparently. Totally, totally. That is too funny. But no, he's back and yeah, I don't trust him. Um, like you said, he wants to drill. 
he wants to drill on the land that is no longer theirs. So right. that's going first. That's going to be a problem. Um, <laughs> but and apparently it's dry. Yeah. You know, there's nothing there. Their father, you know, died on that land, drilling it, trying to find oil. And he feels guilty. He feels responsible. So I definitely want to know more about what happened there. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know. He doesn't want to listen to reason. He's very stubborn. And I think that's definitely going to cause some problems with everyone. And I think it's interesting how he comes back into, he's at South Fork and just walks in like he lives there, first of all. Mm-hmm. Let's just keep in mind that your mom is like the housekeeper there. Like, so. Well, I mean, let's talk about Elena. She's but got she, like, you know, she can't, she has her own house on the property, but she can't eat out of her own fridge. Yeah. Like she's like there a bowl to of the fruit. point where yeah. Bobby has to kick her out. I mean, come yeah. on. So I thought it was interesting. Um, and I also, I, I, I watched the interaction between between um, Drew and Christopher, mm-hmm. which was kind of interesting. Christopher looks kind awkward. of kind of protective, and then how he just kind of, you know, hit it off of John Ross right away. Because keep in mind, this is Drew's first time. Assuming I assume this is his first time coming back to South Fork since everything went down with Elena, John Ross, and yes. Christopher. And he just steps into it like nothing happened. Right. Which is a little and he, odd to I me. wonder if he even knows. I wonder if there's been any communication between them, if he knows, like, to the extent of what's happened. Well, if he's been gone for a couple of years, he could just think that Christopher and Elaine have been together this entire time. Absolutely. I mean, we don't really know. Huh. Because it didn't look like he and Elena have had much communication with each other. At least that's not that's what I took from they, it. They, they look a bit estranged. Yeah. So yeah. I wonder how much he really does know. But he may talk to his mother. She could have filled him in on everything. And he just could be there. His relationship with Christopher could just be off. Because it seemed very hostile at first. And then they kind of laughed like yeah. really weird. But then his interaction with John Ross was very buddy-buddy. Yes. Very friendly. And, you know, he talked, but I, I, the comment that John Ross makes is like, yeah, if I would have listened to you, I'd be in Huntsville right now. Yeah. So obviously this is not, you know, he's a bad seed. He doesn't mm-hmm. make the best choices. Hmm. You know, not that John Ross does either, but, you know, I think there's a quote from the show where somebody, I think JR says, you know, rich people don't go to jail. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally true, right? Who do you yeah. make that comment to? I can't remember. Was it when he was at the golf course? Was that, was that last episode? Or was that, that was two episodes ago. No, when he was wasn't the golf course. it that he said that? Did he, I don't remember. I have to look back at my notes. There's so many things going on where he says that. His one-liners are just genius, though. Yeah, and there's no, so many of them that it's so easy to confuse them. Um, so, Drew's back in town, which throws another, you know, a dynamic, an interesting dynamic into the whole storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, Elena has decided to try to involve you know, Drew in the business, and she's going to allow him to try to drill the Henderson Ranch because she's been so busy and tied up that she hasn't been able to 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 drill there. Right, but the way that she's forced to have to give yes. get back on well, her Let's game. talk about that because oh, we need to talk about gosh. Sue Ellen tonight. Yes, okay. Sue Ellen, first of all, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But She looks great. Oh, she does. I like, the, I like the hair. It's a little bit longer this season. God, I love her, but she's still a pawn. Mm-hmm. She is still a pawn in JR's game. And as much as she thinks that she knows, and she even says as much, I, you know, I know when I'm being played, but she doesn't. Not when it comes to her son and Jr. She's blind. She's blind. To like that. most mothers are. Well, of course. She, lo- you know, she loves him. But the way that Jr. <laughs> orchestrates that is just genius. The way that he, yeah, the way that he... Gets her to lower her defenses mm-hmm. by actually 
it, it, like we said before, it's all about timing, and JR understands that. It, it, mm-hmm. It's like that with anything in life. If you if you're trying to get somewhere in the industry, you know, and you've got connections, it's all about using the connections at just the right time. Yeah, not too often, not no. too soon, not mm-hmm. too frequently, at just the and right you time. You have to know how to go about it. You exactly. don't just come out and say what you want. Exactly, it has to be done in a let very everybody delicate feel way. like they're making all the choices and mm-hmm. they're in charge. And JR is so good at that, he just butters just her up. You just gotta be the puppet master. Mm-hmm. I mean, she invited. At the end of the episode, she invited him in for tea. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, she can't stand like, yeah. At the, you know, she she doesn't she doesn't like Jared, but he's slowly getting back mm-hmm. into her good graces, and then goes to John Ross and says, "But the, what he teaches him is, you know, don't look at it this way. Yeah, if this is what you want to do from a different you angle." Wanna, this is how you have to play. You play on her mother instinct. Yes, and then this she girl will, broke your heart. Mm-hmm. That you know, what did he say? That mama, mama bear, bear will come <laughs> out. Yep. And it, oh boy, did it. And I didn't know if it would at first because she was like, "Honey, you were just heartbroken." And I understand. You know, mm-hmm. move on. She wasn't the right one for you. That's uh-huh. what she said to him at first. But then when she goes to Elena's office. She's all business. Well, what he says to her is, you know, she played me for a fool. Mm-hmm. Don't let her do the same to you. Yeah, and he plants the seed. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. That's that's really all it, all it really takes. Just plant the seed. Yeah, and then she says, well, maybe we should pay, you know, pay her a visit and let her know who she's really dealing with. And she does. Oh, boy. Oh, I loved it. So I- <laughs> she, she lets Elena know. And Elena's kind of caught off guard. Elena's like, oh, go ahead and have a seat. How are you doing? Uh-huh. You know, because obviously... Sue Ellen's kind of struggling right now. She's trying to hold on to some of her donors at her organization because she's losing them like crazy since mm-hmm. it turned out that she was the doing scandal, some legal stuff yeah. and lost the election, all of that. Um, so she's, I think she's feeling vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she turned to the bottle almost. Almost. Um, I thought about you when I was watching yeah. that. Oh, yeah. really? That's yeah. great. You, you see an alcoholic <laughs> no. in a seat? I thought about AJ. <laughs> no, you talked about how you were wondering if she was going to yeah. jump back on it, so I automatically... She will. She will eventually. I don't know. It's just a matter of time. Anyway. Um, but no, so I think now she's trying to find her place again, find her footing, mm-hmm. and feel relevant, and John Ross plants the seed. J.R. plants mm-hmm. the seed, not more than John Ross plants the seed. Um, and she goes to Elena and tries to lets her know, like, listen, I loaned you a lot of money. You haven't drilled. And Elena tries to explain to her, well... There's salt domes or but something. But here's what I think. I didn't like the way, yeah, I don't yeah. like the way Elena handled that situation because it shows her lack of professionalism in this relationship and she was way too comfortable. Mm-hmm. That was basically like, oh, sorry. Like we're friends. Oops. Yeah, no, I just loaned you a ton of money. This is, when money is involved. That's why you need to be very careful if you ever do business with a friend or a family member. Oh, absolutely. Not you can't get too comfortable. And it's, and she basically put Sue Ellen on the back burner while she's busy doing this other stuff and she got called out for it granted I didn't think Sue Ellen's tone needed to be quite as harsh as she's it was pretty aggressive. she was very aggressive but I like and, and you know I didn't think it was appropriate for Elena to accuse her of, of even though it was but of it being a personal issue so she's like if this is you know if this is more personal then maybe we should talk about it no the, even if it is the fact is, you borrowed a lot of money from me. According to your contract, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And if you're a professional businesswoman, as as much as she, is, you know, supposed is supposed to be professional, claim, enough to get a quarter of the company. Exactly. Then you should know better. Then even if you're doing, you know, business with personal relationships and all of that, you still there's a certain etiquette. So do you like this side of Sue Ellen? 
I did. Yeah, the business you know, kind of tough, I did like savvy. That. Well, and I like how she said, John Ross has a broken heart, but he'll get over it. This is business. Yeah, I do like that. I, I, although I kind of personally, I kind of <laughs> like the drunk, crazy, like helpless <laughs> Sue Ellen. I kind of want to know what you guys at home think. So for all of our iTunes listeners out there, first of all, welcome back. Thank you guys for being here tonight um, or this week, whenever you do listen to us. Um, and just so you know, you can listen to us so many different ways now. There's an app for your iPhone called Podcasts with an S. Uh, where you can have all of your favorite AfterBuzz shows automatically downloaded to your iPhone every single week so you can listen to us at the gym, in the car, wherever you want to. Um, but I want to know what you guys think about Sue Ellen's character because she's, 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 uh, she's at the forefront of these episodes of the season, and mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I want to know if you guys prefer Sue Ellen, old school Sue Ellen, who used to just be drunk all the time and <laughs> sniveling and crying and just sleeping around and upset with JR for hurting her again, or do you prefer the new rebooted Sue Ellen, Sue Ellen who's running, yeah, who's running for office and who's making business deals and everything else. I want to know what you guys think. So get on iTunes and let us know. Um, also, please, please, please rate us five stars. We would love you if you give us five stars. Leave us comments. Uh, we will comment back. Tell your friends about us. That will help us out so much, you guys, and we really, really do appreciate it. It takes just just a second. It's so easy. And we do get on there and we comment back. I love to hear what you guys have to say. Um, and that's that's the best way for us to improve, yeah, improve absolutely. the show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and you too. can put comments on YouTube as well. We check those, too. Yes. YouTube, iTunes, do it all. <laughs> Nothing to it but to do it. Yeah. All right, so. Can we talk about JR sneaking up on Frank? Oh, yeah. I love that. And I, he's like, oh, so you off your game? It's, yeah. You know, it's pretty bad when I can sneak up on a super ninja. Uh-huh. That was cute. <laughs> like, I love it. Again, another one of those great one-liners. <laughs> and Frank, I like how his character is becoming a little more integral right mm-hmm. now. He's, he's made some ballsy moves. Yep. I mean, paying a dude with a bag of cocaine, apparently, it looked like. It looked like, to, yeah. Uh, to get him to give the tape to Christopher that then sent, you mm-hmm. know, Becky, or Be- Becky, Rebecca back to the police station and then eventually sent her well, wherever he sent her, whatever he did with her, he did away with her, whatever. Yeah. But well, now um, J.R. wants a body. Yeah, he and a gun. A bo- yeah, and I like how he said, I'm J.R. Ewing. You know, I can... Oh, I wrote this down. <laughs> yeah, I said, I'm J.R. Ewing. I can make a body appear out of nowhere at a church social <laughs> with nobody noticing. There's, like, that's genius. <laughs> at a church social. So yeah. Southern. Very Dallas. Very. very. Are you, are, where are you from? Are you from? I'm from Austin, but yeah, I'm, like, from, I, I was actually Texas. in Dallas um, over the Christmas break. I yeah. have friends and family that live in Dallas. So I was there, and they had a whole memorial thing where you could go to South Fork and pay I your respects. I saw you mentioned that last like week. All I, that. I did watch. Oh, thanks. Even though I wasn't here, I did but watch later. It, it, the way that this city has embraced the show and all the aspects of it, and really paid respect to the you know to him and his character, has been awesome. It's just so exciting. Like at the at the, at the top of every episode, that intro and the, it looks very similar to the old one. How they right. come in over the city and the. the panels it's just it's exciting mm-hmm. it reminds me of being a kid and being excited to watch a tv show yeah because a lot of shows don't have really grand like intros like that anymore mm-hmm. it really it literally gets me so pumped up um it's just a, it's a different type it's very it's very nostalgic oh, but it's, modern it's, at the same time yeah it's so great i absolutely love watching this and i have to prepare myself when i watch these episodes because i know so much is about to happen oh yeah i tell my roommate i'm like do not talk to me <laughs> for the next hour just stay away from me i need to watch I'm probably going to watch a couple of times, so you might just want to stay away. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, that's, that's, that's cool, though. I love but, that. And, and I love how Bobby actually goes to JR for help. Mm-hmm. Yes, because he can't go after Ryland because, because apparently the statute of limitations has expired. Um, mm-hmm. They called it custodial interference. It wasn't actually mm-hmm. kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Um, he, as a parent... It was sort of in a weird way within his rights, apparently, to do this 20 years ago. Um, 
and he goes to JR, asks for help, and while he's going to JR, JR will then tells Bobby, don't worry. Which I love when they have those actual mm-hmm. sweet moments. And he tells There's always know. something in it for JR. And he calls him little brother. Yeah, and, and JR is very clear about some things. And he made a comment early in this episode, I believe, where he's like, look, I understand that, you know, I'm enemies with them and whatever, but they're my family. Yeah. That's still always number one to JR. Mm-hmm. As much as he'll stab them in the back. When he push comes can to shove, do it. Nobody yes, else, nobody can else do can, it. exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think we all kind of feel that well, way about. Yeah. I can fight with my sister, but if anybody says one <laughs> word about her, it's on. done. <laughs> um, but it's interesting though, as Bobby goes to Jr., that's when Anne had just found out about this. She overhears. Yeah, she overhears. She, she she's walks, in a daze. Yeah, she looks like she's she's been injecting mm-hmm. something again, some more uh, tranquilizers, and she just grabs her purse and walks out the door. And as soon as she grabbed her purse, I knew. I was like, mm, there is a gun in there. Mm. That is no good. So, <sighs> she heads to Ryland's. This this last scene is just chilling. Um, like I, I it's just insane. Well, I can't she gets there and he checks her for a, a wire. See if she, yeah, to see if she's yeah. wi- she's wired. Um, and she unbuttons her top, and as he's touching her, just the look on her face, the d- pure so disgust. Disgusted. Um, just to think that like you have to. She she's she's with this man. Who stole her child? Like that isn't—it's not even something I could wrap my brain around. No, he stole her child. And what he tells and her, and what he says to her, he goes, "Does that make you feel better? Does it make you feel better to know that no matter what you do, you're not going to get any of those birthday parties back? You're not even going to get a, a moment of cuddling with her while you're telling her bedtime bedtime stories. You're never going to get any of that back." And he says, "Because I took it away from yes. you." Yes. And he, then he says, "Does that make you feel better?" Does that help? Does that help? Yeah. And she goes, yes, essentially. It sure does. Yeah. And she grabs a gun and shoots him. I... I was... I... I, As much as I kind of saw it coming, I think I thought in my head, I would love if this happens. I didn't expect it to really happen. Right. And it blew my mind. I think I, like, screamed at the TV. I was like, no way. I watched it a couple of times. Yeah. I don't know. I'm... I don't think it really happened. I, I think it was a. I think it was either a dream, and you know something she thought about doing. I can't imagine that really happened. Well, I, and I and I didn't even consider that at the time, really fully, maybe for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, but as much as they pushed the whole tranquilizer thing this entire episode, mm-hmm. it would make sense that she was in some altered state and mm-hmm. daydreamed or had a, had a, a nightmare or a fantasy. Who knows what it was? Uh-huh. Uh, maybe more of a fantasy um, that she actually went to his and place. Did that. Yes. But um, I mean, if it if that really happened, oh my gosh! If she was dreaming, though, wouldn't she dream that the that the bullet would have hit a little higher? No, like, he's no, he's just bleeding out. Yeah, nobody. But, ca- but that was another thing. Nobody heard the gunshot. Nobody know, came running mom, in. Where's, where's the mom? The, the daughter? Anything? You know. So that and that was another reason that made me believe that maybe this really didn't happen. And I don't because she a- looks at him. Yeah, and slowly walks out. And I don't see how. I know it's kind of soap opera-esque. I don't see how they could get her off for that. I mean, that's pretty blatant, obviously. So who wants to kill him? She does. Right. She has the gun, the bullets She's inside. She's in his house. Yes. So I know. don't really know how you get away with that, even if you are a Ewing, because they're they're also right. very wealthy. So we're going to have to tune in next week to see. Absolutely. See, I, that's, uh, it's, it's so far my favorite ending of any of these episodes. The oh, first yeah, two seasons. definitely. I just, it was so unexpected. I did not, it was kind of, of course, I would have loved for something like that, but I did not it was like, expect yeah, it. It was like a dreams, like perfect scenario sort of situation yeah. for me. I'm like, I would love this to happen, but eh, it's not going to. No. Oh, it did. Oh, it did. Yeah, oh. it did. So. So I'm definitely. Next week's going to be a big, big episode. Definitely curious to see what's going to happen next. Me too. How it's going to go. I can't wait to talk about it with Dorinda next week. I know. So, I hear 
that you have some news and gossip well, for us. Well, I do a little, but if we, I mean, we kind of talked about it. Let's talk about it again. We kind of talked about it already, but um, another uh, casting notice, Lee Majors has been cast as Ken Richards, who is an old flame of Sue Ellen's that's going to oh, be wow. coming back. He's going to be on for two episodes. Lee Majors, who was that? Uh, he was uh, I know the, name. the um, Bionic Man. Bionic, yes. 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 Cool. <laughs> yeah. Are, are you like 12? Awesome. How did you know that? No, yeah, yeah. No, That's so he's cool. awesome. I was thinking the million dollar man. And she needs um, she needs a male. I would like to yes. see her with a man in her life and see how I hope I hope it happens before JR's off the show. I'd like to see how he reacts know, to that. I know. Um they're gonna meet again. You something business is how they're gonna cross mm-hmm. paths again. So it, it seems like she's gonna be getting more into the business, I think, kind of staying on top of Elena a little bit more. Nice. So we'll kind of see how that goes. And obviously we talked about Joan Van Ark is coming back as um but she is she she did an interview and she talked about how she as was Val. a little yeah as Val, how she talked about she was a little saddened because her part is 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 very small mm-hmm. but she was definitely appreciative she loved being back with everybody she was just kind of sad that it was so small but it was written before Larry Hagman had passed away and if you remember from you know the the first go round of this he didn't like her. He thought of her as trailer trash, and they had a very like horrible relationship that he didn't care well, much maybe for. Maybe this open the door for her to come back on a more permanent it, basis down the road. It could possibly, but that's kind of why she's not there for the memorial episode. She comes in, I believe, before that. Okay. So we'll see how kind of how that goes. Well, hopefully, that brings that whole all of them back. Because I well, would Ted, love to Ted is coming them. back, so he he's um, going to be there for three episodes. Oh wow! And I believe um, Charlene's coming back, and you know everybody. So Fantastic. so we'll see. It's going to be really good. And then Jesse Jesse Metcalf is the one that revealed the plot twist that I was talking about that, that they could find out about Pamela. That is so cool. So he did that in an interview probably he wasn't supposed to yeah. but it might have slipped. So we kind of we kind of went into predictions a little bit already but let's go <laughs> yeah. ahead. What do, you, what do you predict for for the top of the next episode, episode four? And now you're at I... TV Predictions. I pr- I think that I don't think that Rylan was shot. I don't. I think that Jr. is going to get in there and something is going to be done. And I kind of th- would <clears> like <throat> to see him somehow find a, a a common denominator with Pamela and Ryland and make it look like they both had something to do with killing Tommy and just two birds with one stone get him out. Uh, well, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> but then we, we need more villains because if, if, if Jr. is on his way out, we can't we can't I lose know, everybody at once. I know that would be kind of cool though. Just just to make Ryland have to go through the agony of dealing with that. You yeah. know what I mean? Just because he's so horrible. Okay, I I like that. I I don't I don't think that Ryland is dead. I think it was all, I think it was a bit of a dream sequence or something. I also mm-hmm. don't think that um, Pamela is pregnant, but I think well she could be after this episode. I think she gets pregnant by John Ross. I think that they go through this whole process and nobody knows. And Christopher is planning, planning, planning. And once again, this child is not going to end up being his. But it's so, but that was the thing because we talked about that last week, but it's so many months. I know, but you know what though? They went out of their way to show us how great she looked in those tight dresses all night long. So, you you know, it's, it's television and they can change (laughs) storylines at the top of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that's just going to further stoke the, the, the fires, mm-hmm. the flames of, of hatred between John Ross and Christopher and just throw another wrench into the whole dynamic right. dynamic of all of them. I kind of think Drew's going to team up with John Ross. Oh, I do too. I totally foresee that coming. I do too. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Ugh. So, mm-hmm. you guys are going to have to tune in next week. Find out what's going on with Dallas, the best show on television. Yes, absolutely. If you ask me. 
You guys, I want to thank you guys for stopping by. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore AJ Gibson. Please check out my website, ajgibson.tv. <laughs> and you, Kelly? You can follow me at Kelly with an IE079. And make sure to always follow us at After Buzz TV. Yes, absolutely. You guys, take care. We'll see you again next week. Same time, same place. Bye. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.